to episode number 73 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. Everyone else does. I am joined today by my co-host and co-partner in co-crime. That's right, Ashes Von Nightmare is here. My cat's breath smells like cat food. And so it begins. Uh, <laughs> we do not have Agent Nicole. She is in space jail. She tried to send us some sort of weird transmission. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think she's on the Spice Mines of Kessel, but uh, we're, we're sending our best, our, our top men out there. Top men. Uh, joining us always, of course, the uh, man with the Cal Ripken-like streak of podcast producingness. He is Johnny Wolfenstein. Well, I kind of have no choice, guys, you know, so that's why I'm here. You know, Wolf- <laughs> but I, I like you guys. Oh, thank well, I you. I appreciate that. And uh, joining us today on the most cromulent episode in the history of the podcast. Introducing first, he is here as part of his community service for his glug-glug, vroom-vroom, thump-thump. He was once hospitalized because he bent his Wookiee, and when the doctor said he didn't have worms anymore, that was the happiest day of his life. Ladies and gentlemen, Richie the Whiz Kid. I want to know where those files came from because I'm pretty sure I, I signed something saying that only my mother could access those files. Well, you know, I don't want to be telling tales out of school, but uh, Mrs. Wizkid may have sent that to me. I'm just saying somebody failed English, and I thought that was impossible. Uh. <laughs> and also joining us, he is the man, the myth, the best mono thingy guy that ever was. He can tell the difference between butter and I can't believe it's not butter. And he wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if he just kept his finger out of there. He is Mr. Most Days Off. Ladies and gentlemen, Miles. I'm a unitard. (laughs) (laughs) And for those of you who are unfamiliar with Miles and Richie, they are uh, part of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. And when I say part, uh, they're actually the whole show. Um, They're not part. Well, I mean, they're the whole show. Well, we are part. It's just 100% part. So, I mean, between the two of us, it's it's parts that make the whole. There's a show in there somewhere, I'm pretty sure. It's a a percent. What percent? Yeah. yeah. Zero. Zero is a percent. (laughs) Just like purple is a fruit. Yes. Purple is a fruit. Uh, So, what we're... like burning. (laughs) Go banana! (laughs) So, as you can tell, today we are going to be talking about uh, one of our favorite characters, certainly Ash's favorite character. I, on the no, Simpsons. no, we're not. We're just going to laugh a lot and half, half mumble through Ralph Wiggum quotes. That's pretty half much laugh. it. Yes. Spoiler alert. Everything yeah. we're going to talk about has something the to whole do podcast. with Ralph yeah. Wiggum quotes. <laughs> However, uh, because you gentlemen are joining us for the first time, uh, we have a little something we like to do called getting into character, where we ask you each uh, a set of questions to kind of get to know you a little more and to know a little bit about you. So it's kind of like truth or dare, but like without the dare part, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, that's my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you guys can uh, decide who's going to go first on this first question. Uh, who, who? Have at it, Miles. You like to talk anyways. All right, I'll go. All right, oh, Miles. Uh, oh. Well, you both get to answer these. So, Miles, you'll go first on this one. Richie, you'll go first on the next one. So aside from Marge... Who is the most attractive female character in Springfield? Uh, some of those episodes, Maude is looking pretty hot, sir. I would have All to, right. uh, you know, she's a little bit of that good girl, but sometimes they got dark side and, and dark secrets. So I'm going to go with Maude Flanders. All right. It's, 
I mean, have you seen the episode where Homer ogles her? Oh my gosh, that cleavage! My goodness. Mm-hmm. I mean, which episode where Homer ogles her? <laughs> <laughs> I particularly like the one where he bends over in front of her to show off his ass, and then she gets hit by a t-shirt. Oh Aww. yeah, that's a, dark, that's a rough one. Dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who parked in the hospital zone, preventing any chance of resuscitation. <laughs> I- I was really thinking Richie's answer was going to be mod after the t-shirt incident. Ooh. Oh, he went there. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> well, if Ghostbusters has taught me anything, is that ghosts can still interact with the living. Just look at Dan Aykroyd. Uh, see, That's a I would, very good point. See, I would go a little unconventional. I would go Manjula myself. Nice. I, no, she's well, super Well, if you hot. can pop eight kids out of you and maintain that figure, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Ashes, do you have any, any anybody that you would uh, add in there? I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> Mo, Mo Sislak. Mo does it for you. He c- kind of, yeah. Right. Like it's that smile, right? Yeah, you know, he's just he's just a nice guy at <laughs> oh. heart, and like he's just he just wants a lady to please. I don't know. That's a mug and you I... don't want to chug. <laughs> yeah, but you know oh, what? Yeah. I... But see, and, and he's she'll, a bartender. She'll only do him doggy style, and it'll be a fine relationship. <laughs> but see, no, but see, it would work out perfectly because he's a bartender. He owns a bar. Ooh, I drink like a lot. You it would be like, like a match made in heaven. <laughs> I would be so drunk, I wouldn't care what he looked like. That's true. That's Unless true. Barney finishes it all off before you get there. I see, mean... I wouldn't put it past Mo to just put food coloring into the pickled egg brine, though, and pass that off as some kind of, like, you know, expensive vintage that's the house drink. That's it's the house Duke. special. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, uh, Richie, this one, you get to go first. Uh, what would you l- be least likely to hear Homer say following mm, education? <laughs> Miles? Pretty self-explanatory on that one. Yeah. Well, we all know he doesn't want any damn vegetables, so I'd say vegetables. It's true. You you don't make friends with salad. That's true. That's true. You don't make friends with salad. <laughs> I was gonna be a little more specific. I would say kale. You know, kale. Yeah, is kale not... is hard to get into. Honestly, even like when they tell you, like, okay, you eat this and you'll live ten years longer. But it's like, yeah, but that's ten years of having to eat more kale. I don't yeah. know if it's worth it. Even if you make it into like a kale sarole or a kale sadia, you're still. It's still tough. It's still it's still tough to eat. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna rep kale. I I know Wolfie. I knew that if we, talk, <laughs> if we trashed kale enough, Wolfie was gonna come to its rescue. No, it's it's good if you cook it right. It's good if you just eat it raw all the time. It's it's just not that tasty. Well, okay, yeah. Okay, but I gotta ask because my <laughs> wife has this recipe for Brussels sprouts that starts with about a pound and a half of cheese and a pound of bacon. So like, if that's what you mean by <laughs> oh no, cook it right. Then I'm with you. I'm sure we can muster with enough bacon wrapped around a tiny sprig of kale, but no, that, no. as I often point out, make it delicious shouldn't be a vegetable, way. at least by the, the old school, outdated food pyramid standards. All right, that's 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 fair enough. Now, uh, Miles, back to you for uh, for, and I know this is one that you know I came up with really quickly after listening to you guys podcast because I know how much you guys love to sing. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite Simpsons song? Oh, wow. 
That's wow. so hard. That's so, <laughs> so hard. And there's so many that are going to be coming up in the not-too-distant future on our show that we haven't watched recently, but we will be soon. But uh, I'm I'm going to cheat. I always do. Uh, so I'm going to cheat and stick myself to only the shows that we've covered so far on the podcast. <laughs> That's still a tough choice. Through the the uh, early half of season five, and it's got to be monorail, 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 monorail. You know what? And uh, one of our more recent episodes, I talked about like you guys doing that song with the derailers, and it was fucking amazing. Yes, I want to talk more. I don't want to interrupt Richie. I want him to have a chance to answer, but I, I want to talk more about that. I listened to that, and uh, there's something you got a little bit incorrect, and I, I don't Uh-oh. want to be rude, but I want to correct you. Uh, oh, please be rude. Once, uh, be as rude. Richie, yes, yes, be rude. <laughs> okay. That's a, good, that's a good tease there so that my answer is pretty much meaningless because everyone <laughs> wants to hear the part after this. <laughs> but I got to... I got to say that I have always fancied the song, and again, we haven't reviewed it, so I don't remember the episode name, but the one where, where Bart works for the, the Maison Derriere, and Marge oh. wants to come bulldoze it over, yeah. and they sing the whole song where it's like, well, you could close down Moe's or the Quickie Mart, but nobody would care. And they do the whole song about Springfield, about the Maison Derriere being there. The it's a great song, and it always gets stuck in my head. Yeah, we put, we put the spring in Springfield. Yes, thank you. We put the spring in Springfield. And we remember our first visit. The service was exquisite. Why, Joseph, Why, I, Joseph had no I had no idea. Come on now, you were working here. Like, that whole song's great. <laughs> oh, it is. Um, I would have to now say... Now back to Miles' stupid thing. I, I was going to say Camp Krusty. That's my... Oh, yeah, that's a great song. That, that <laughs> was a really be. fun episode to review, but this is the... Or, I'm sorry, that was the first episode of the season where we started doing just one episode at a time instead of two because they were getting so damn good it was taking forever. Yeah. And uh, it got to the point where we realized, like, towards the finale show, we're like, Jesus, I can't even remember Camp Krusty. We have to go back and rewatch again <laughs> so that we can rank it accurately because it's been, like, you know, 20-something weeks at this point since we watched it. But, yeah, that was a, a hell of a fun episode to, to review. That was, I think, the first one I listened to when I, when I caught wind of you guys. I was looking at all your all your shows. I was like, "Well, I got to because Camp Krusty is my favorite episode." Nice. So I had to. That was the first one I listened to, and then I went to the back catalog and started listening to everything. Um, so, all right, what's the correction? I need to know because I okay. hate getting stuff wrong. It's not that big of a deal, man. You, it was everything was cool. It's just that the derailers. Oh, he's been swearing at you left and right since he <laughs> yeah. came up with this idea. Uh, I'm not. A, you, you already warned me about using those words. I won't say what I was calling you, but oh, if, no, it's okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Derailers uh, are not a wrestling podcast, so that's actually a fun story about how the Derailers became the Derailers, because uh, Ripken and Goobs, two of the three Derailers, are actually the Wrestle Nerds, and they still do Wrestle Nerds Wrestling on YouTube. Shout out to those guys. They're fucking awesome. And we're actually going to be characters this season, so we're ex- really excited to be going after the Wrestle Nerds Wrestling Tag Team Championship soon. Nice. But, uh, but beyond all that, so the derailers were the Rassel nerds before, and they actually were on our show all the way back in, uh, was it season three for Homer at the Bat, and I want to say uh, uh, the one where, it, uh, shit, Santa's Little Helper is uh, being trained. Isn't that the one they were on? They were on two episodes. Bart's, one Bart's of them Dog gets an F, yes. Yeah, I think it was that one, if I remember right. But either way, they were definitely on for Homer at the Bat, and 
they actually I don't want to like put all the blame on them because like I could have been recording but they deserve it but they they completely (laughs) fucked up our our podcast and like it was the only episode that we've ever actually had to go and re-record so if you listen to that one I tried to be sneaky and edit around it so you you hopefully can't tell but that's actually two different conversations and a large chunk in the middle is cut from a second conversation that got placed into the middle of another conversation where a big chunk was lost because they weren't actually recording uh, <laughs> the their audio. The recording was so good too. Like, and, the yeah, there was, was so many so good awesome. stuff. We, we had parts where we were singing and just like we were just nailing the lines and it, as much fun as we had on Monorail, uh, it was very similar with them the first times when they were the Rassle Nerds. But because of that and then combined with the fact that they specifically, they like, they, I don't know what they've done. They put some sort of Canadian curse on us where they, they cherry pick the best episode of every season and come on with us because they did Homer at the Bat and then they came back and did Monorail. Uh, and between the combination of the train theme and them completely fucking up our first episode together, that's how the name The Derailers was born. And their podcast is just about everything and anything in between. The whole concept is you pick a topic, whatever the, whoever the guest is picks a topic to start, and then you just go wherever the conversation takes you and try to keep it within about an hour's time limit. So uh, we'll definitely put you guys in touch because they would be awesome and have a great time talking with you guys. They're, they're some of my favorite people on uh, the podcast family that we've all become a part of on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Oh, but fair yeah. warning, they are Canadian. They are very Canadian. <laughs> a. Oh, that's uh, a. They, they do 50%. seem slow at first, but it's just the Canadian now. Oh, that's why they're in the remedial class. I, <laughs> I start fires. <laughs> all right, we have one more question left for you, gentlemen. And uh, so, Richie, this is uh, yours to answer first. What landmark in Springfield would you most like to visit? If it was, I'm not talking about you know the the Universal Studios uh, thing that they. Oh have no no it, it's I, I already Springfield Gorge man. There's no question. Damn it, that's absolutely what I was no say. question. Now would you I mean, try to jump it on a skateboard? Absolutely not. But I would like to ride <laughs> on the side with the ambulance so that yes. like you have some kind of dummy pulley system that pulls somebody out there and you actually get to crash in the tree and have it fall out of the back again so you can watch it tumble down and have like a video on the ragdoll so you can follow it down there. But how would you not pick Springfield Gorge? Honestly, I would probably go to uh... – No, no. I said how would you not. So if you have any other answer, it's invalid. Uh. <laughs> I, w- I was actually going to pick Springfield Gorge, but now I'm going to audible to be different and say Duff Gardens. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Well, that you could be the Lizard Queen. <laughs> All you have to do is drink some of the water. I don't think. Oh, that's I would water. absolutely. If you, I think I talked about that on our review of that episode. It's like Lisa does a lot of drugs. I want to be involved in. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would have to say the androids, androids dungeon. Um, oh, nice, very cool. You want to be made that fun would be of really fun. Comic to visit. Book guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would. I would trade insults with comic book guy all day. <laughs> that would be. That would be me. Ashes, what about you? Okay, so mine's a little specific. Um, you remember that tr- Ralph's bedroom? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a child. Uh, yeah, I got, he's I like got thirty me. at this point. It's okay. <laughs> he's still a child. Um, no, you know that Treehouse of Horror episode where Marge has the house redone and it's that computerized. Oh, and he's Pierce, ta- Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan does the voice of like the computerized house. Ultra house, a division of mega house. Yes. <laughs> I want that house. I want Pierce Brosnan to talk to me while I'm in the bathtub. That's fair. That's I, fair I have, I have a dream, Patrick. 
have a dream. Do you, do you also have a detachable shower head by chance? Because it seems suspect <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Not yet, but uh, that, that's going to come with the uh, with, with the voice. upgrade, right? <laughs> But no, but, but but besides from that, like the the it's it's more or less the scene where dinner is cooked for them, and then after dinner, like the the table opens up and all of the plates and everything is cleared away. I'm like, I would love a house that cleans itself because Patrick is one messy motherfucker. Like, <laughs> that's fair. So you're a fan of doing very little. That's a woman after my own heart, right there. <laughs> Just more times for you know more time for other things like you know drinking wine. I was going to say more wine. You know, um, I know doctors say you're supposed to drink two. Come glass. earlier in the day that way. It exactly. Makes sense to me. I've been exactly. drinking a glass of wine a day. I know doctors say you should drink two, but I just can't drink that much wine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just I all right. I just thought of a another another question for you guys because of that. Would you rather work for Hank Scorpio or Mr. Burns? Oh, oh, Hank Scorpio. No, no that's for me. such a great question. It's a good question, but Hank Scorpio is just so much like I, I feel like me and that guy would have fun outside of work as well versus Burns is just going to be in his little throne, you know, counting his money. Scorpio up, is a man up, of the though. people. Hold up, though. Hank Scorpio is being actively pursued by government agents all the time. They're not so active against Mr. Burns because he can pay most of them off. So uh, although you might get fired every other week, the job security might still be better at that place that you don't know how to pronounce power plant. But if you're willing to go if <laughs> nuclear, okay, nuclear, uh, if you're willing to go evil, <laughs> the perks that come with working for Scorpio are far, far more than Burns. I mean, Burns doesn't even give a Christmas bonus. Well, yeah, but how many active people that are on a, the villain side in a James Bond film get killed when they're in the background, kind of? I mean, you could be one of those people, Miles. Richie, this isn't t- like a movie, dude. It's not like it always happens real. that way on television. <laughs> this is like legit talk right here. But here's here's the thing. Now, the, the, the hammock was the selling point for me, though. Ooh, yeah. Um, they have a whole hammock district uh, in Cypress it, Creek, exactly. so that's pretty impressive. But here's the thing. I like coffee. I drink a lot of coffee, and... If you're looking for sugar at Hank Scorpio's plant, there's only one place you're going to find it, and that's in his pocket. <laughs> I don't know where cream comes from, but uh, I'm a little worried about that. On the other Remember. hand, you've got Mr. Burns, who doesn't seem to always know the value of things. I remember when he gave Homer a, uh, a Joe DiMaggio baseball card as a Christmas bonus, and everyone else got a $5 cafeteria voucher. Yeah, that's true. You might accidentally be the the beneficiary of his ignorance of money, essentially, because he's so wealthy. Yeah, and you get to your company softball team has like nine Hall of Famers on it. Richie's a big baseball fan, so that would probably do it for him just to get some autographs from the major well, leaguers. No, the thing is that Mr. Burns has the plant, but we have the power. That's true. That's true. But I'll get to own the Denver Broncos. Oh, oh the, the Denver, Denver Broncos. Broncos. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to that episode because I think that was the season before they actually won the Super Bowl too. Yeah, they did. I always uh, I would always bring that up when I would uh, talk about that because it's like they. So were Homer so, turned him around. He did. Like he best <laughs> owner in sports. They're like this dead last team, and then you know, oh, he did have Tom Landry's hat after all. 
Absolutely. Well, that, that ties into what we discussed just a little bit about uh, the Simpsons being smarter than they let on. That's true. You had a nice teaser for... Uh, or Shadow Boom. Yeah. So I think uh, we've got the questions all set. I think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we will really dive into the uh, Ralph conversation. And uh, we'll get to know you guys a little bit more. Sounds, Sounds good. good. All right. Yeah. Wolfie, if you please... Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series, and you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and PunchFarm.com. Keep on punching! <laughs> returned we are back we hope you didn't miss us too much uh so if you're just joining us which i don't know how that would be because we're not recording live uh we are joined today by miles and richie of the best darn diddly review show and you know this uh this episode is kind of uh, a result of a confluence of events that occurred uh, a couple months ago so you know when i when i post the uh, the show on twitter I always use the hashtag Potter and Family, and as a result, you know, I've, you know, come into contact with other shows that I found that were very interesting, and, um, you know, I've, I've uh, interact with some other folks who are, who do podcasts, and, you know, I came across uh, your guys' show, and I was like, best darn diddly, I'm like, this has got to be great, and I had it on my list for, you know, probably a month or so, and finally I got a, I got a chance to start listening, and... I was like, these guys are awesome, and I listened to probably twenty or thirty episodes. I'm like, I, I have to get in touch with these guys and see if they wanna wanna be on the show. And we've been dying to do a Ralph Wiggum episode, like for a long time. And 
you know, finally it all came together today. So, you know, why don't you guys give us, uh, before we get into Ralph, give us a quick little rundown of, you know, what you guys do and uh, when, how long you've been doing it. You want to take this, Rich, or you want me to go? <laughs> this is very short and sweet, and Miles will hate me for this, but <laughs> Miles does everything. I do nothing. He does the editing. I email him my audio file. He does way more notes than I do. Uh, I remember a lot of these episodes very fondly. I, I used to watch them every time they replayed all the time when I was a kid. So I'll, on all the episodes we've seen, I've already seen each of them like 12 times at least. So I only have to watch them twice. I, I take notes the first time, and then the second time I rewatch it just to like be in the moment and enjoy it. And I try to think of different things I can talk about to talk about themes of the episode and whatnot but miles will watch each episode each week like five or six times if there's a movie reference in it he'll watch that entire movie and any any other versions of that movie that have been out and he gets fully like all into it but he does i'd say about like 80 to 85 percent of all the work on this show so i just get to kick it it's pretty easy it's I dive easy. in. I dive in pretty deep. Richie, uh, Richie is a great co-host, though his knowledge and and movie references. He worked in a blockbuster for damn near a decade, so he's got a sharp mind for pop culture references. And also, we've been friends since college, so he's you know underselling slightly just because we we work so well together. Not to to brag, I hope that comes across. We're just we've been friends for so long. We often joke it's like we're like an old married couple at this point because I mean we're both each other's longest relationship. Relationship, if that makes sense. So uh, you don't win friends with salad, but you do win friends with panini sandwiches. That's true. That's how we we get that and volleyball and a lot of alcohol were the combination <laughs> of our friendship. So and, uh, I was going to say, and making sure you don't hit the brakes when your car is being pushed. <laughs> uh, that's actually a pretty fun story. We I think that technically, <laughs> I think that technically put us closer together. Like Ooh, speaking scientifically. Fair enough. Uh, technically, that is absolutely <laughs> accurate. But uh, yeah, so I've also seen the show a lot. I own the first 20, or not 20 because they're not available, but I own like whatever's available and season 20 because they've stopped releasing for a while and they're going to start again. 18. Yeah, as I say, 18. they're, they're going to do the next few seasons, I know for certain. So I'm excited about that because I, I definitely have a uh, collector's bone or two in my body. And, uh, but. I, the thing is, I have not seen some of these episodes since I was in middle school or high school even. Not all of them. There's some that I've seen much more recently than that. But a lot of these episodes I used to binge watch, but then it just kind of – I got out of touch for a while and I watched other things. I got super busy with other projects and like for a while I had like a real person job I had to contend with that got in the way. And all of that good stuff that the the highlight to me – is two things. One, it puts us in connection with great people like you and all the other people we that we meet up with uh, through not only Potter and Family, which is wonderful, we love Potter and Family, but also just the fans of the Simpsons community online that, that's really present on Twitter, especially in Instagram as well. Uh, but the second thing is because of that unique perspective shift, I haven't seen some of these episodes in you know almost a decade on, on some of the episodes, and a lot of life happens in 10 years. So I get to see these episodes with a completely different perspective than I had the last time I watched them. And what's really fun, especially with an episode like we actually recorded an episode a day that won't be out for several weeks, but we watched Marge on the Lamb. And that is an episode that has so many layers, not only the parody to Thelma and Louise and, and the humorous 
this concept of Homer getting stuck in the vending machines, but there are so many layers to that episode that would just never connect to a kid or even a middle school or high school student that connect to you after you have more life experience. And I really enjoy that aspect, getting to compare these episodes to myself a decade ago. Excellent. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Like I have all the seasons. Although when we were trying to do some uh, preparation for this episode, you know, we of course went back to Ralph's first appearance, which was Camp Krusty. Which uh, nice. Oh, oh, I'm but being he wasn't told really not. Ralph there. I was just saying, if, even if he was there, he wasn't really Ralph there yet. He doesn't become Ralph till a little bit later. Yeah, they just called him Wiggum. Well, he's I know I mean I think he's still called Ralph, but he just doesn't have the characteristics that Ralph has. He's he doesn't have that. Yeah, his his character hadn't been developed early on. So he makes a lot of uh, appearances early on. In fact, there's one episode in particular I remember he makes this really clever intelligent joke and it's just not Ralph at all. It's clever for Ralph, I should say, because uh, Lisa or some of the girls walk by and somebody says, "Look at that bubble gum shape that or something chewing like. gum walk." Very yeah, that's wriggly. It. Yeah, he would never come up with something that clever. No, that's definitely not not a, a the Ralph that we know. So they were, yeah, they were still kind of fleshing him out. But uh, I'm I'm being told by my better half here that uh, that was not Ralph's first appearance. So well, uh, let's let's. Thanks to my research, which I did. Nice. Um, she has pages. I, I have like a I book. feel I feel you there, girl. Her sister, <laughs> trust me on that. That's uh, I had ten. Ten goddamn pages of notes for today's episode. I'm becoming it's becoming well, you a said problem. It was a much, much, much less, and it was the most notes you've ever sent. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, Ralph's first credited appearance in the show was the episode "Moaning Lisa." He was considerably yep. different in both appearance and behavior, which is what you guys were just talking about. Um, so, but I believe it wasn't until like, um, was it "I Love Lisa"? That episode, that, that's yes. when you really got to see, like, the Ralph Wiggum that we all know and love today. And they kind of um, kind of fleshed out the character a little bit more. And, and he went from really being a tertiary character to a, a hardcore, like, solid secondary character. Yeah, like, instead of being, like, a, a, a background, like a, a Lewis or a Wendell, you know, with maybe an occasional line here or there, uh, to... Uh, you know, a guy that you could uh, focus on for an entire episode and carry an entire episode, like we see in uh, this little wiggy. And uh, if my if my research is correct, I believe that Ralph is actually Matt Groening's favorite character. That sounds- I think I've heard that in the director's commentary a few times. Just he's he actually attends most of the DVD director commentaries, and and he's definitely high on the list. The cool thing about that episode that you referenced, the I Love Lisa one, too, is that didn't just flesh out Ralph. It also fleshed out Wiggum. Like, Wiggum had kind of been coming along a little bit before that, but in that episode, you, you finally felt like he was complete. And and it was funny because that's, I think, the first time probably in that episode where they actually say that it's Ralph and Wiggum, and Chief Wiggum are a father and son, I believe. Or if it was not, yeah, it that, was right that's before correct. that. That's the episode that's revealed. And that's also our most downloaded episode is the review of that episode. So Ralph plays very well with everybody. Yes. Well, it's it's funny. Like, we're going through... I have to take better care of my, my DVD collection because we're going through... We watched Camp Krusty, and then we're going to watch I Love Lisa, which is later on in uh, season four. Um, 
but that was like the one disc that I couldn't find of that. Oh no! Disc oh, set. I hate that so much. I was like, and I'm looking through it, like, all right, I know I have a stack of Simpsons discs somewhere, and I had like season 12, 14, 6, 3, and I'm like, you've got to be shitting. I don't have Dude, it's so funny you say that. I was just watching a YouTube video like last night. It's, it's one of those shitty YouTube videos you watch at like 2 in the morning because, you know, you're just at this point a zombie. Yeah. But it was essentially like 10 problems that only people that were kids of the 90s have now and it, one of them was losing one disc out of a series or one disc out of a set or same concept with like a video game that's a multi-disc and you you lose one of the middle ones nowadays you know we're we're old fuckers apparently we're all the same in that regard because i'm with you i do dvds like crazy and i know richie's collection is actually even bigger than mine is and mine's ridiculous so uh i'm with you on that but nowadays everything's going digital and you can kind of see the benefit where it's like well i I wouldn't have this problem, but also I can't look at my beautiful, glorious shelf and just be able to. Yeah, what do you put on the shelf awesome if you don't have them? Right. <laughs> Back in my day, we had physical media, and that's the way we liked it. That's how I like to keep it, Dag Nabbit. <laughs> um. So when we when we 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 talk about Ralph, like obviously there's you know your mind is flooded with you know the things that he says and the things that he does and. You know, but you never really stop to think about like who he is. What is what are his motivations? Like, you know, what does he want? Because I don't even know if he knows. I mean, oh, we have a, we have a thought about that actually. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. <laughs> Ralph may very well be the smartest character or the most critical thinking, the, yeah, the, the, critical the highest thinking. critical thinker of all the characters in Springfield. And we've been wanting to talk about this. But one of our regular guests on the show, he appears once every season, Dr. Andrew Bersenio, mm -hmm. actually brought this up in a recording with us last season where Ralph actually says, what's a battle? And he proposed the idea that Ralph is actually a great philosophical thinker, and a lot of the things that he says isn't because he's stupid, but he's trying to get everyone to think and process things a little differently. And when you read a lot of quotes by Ralph and you take that mentality into it, it's a very interesting idea, and it makes you just completely think of him in a different light. So, like, instead of him not understanding the word battle in this instance, really, he's trying to pose the larger question to society, is what really is a battle? Why are we doing this to ourselves? That's interesting. I haven't uh, actually thought about that. Yeah, well, like, that's what an English degree and a lot of pot will do to somebody's <laughs> mind. I can tell you that firsthand. Okay. I, mean, I don't have the English degree. I have the other thing, but... Uh, but he does, and he, he, him and I have had some great conversations, which is why we, we always enjoy it when he comes on the podcast. He raises some very interesting ideas, such as Magical Maggie, one of our, our favorite running series or running themes on the show. And that's part of uh, you know what I want to talk about in the, in the next episode. So that's a nice little uh, – another teaser. God damn, he's good at the teasers. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> like, that's, that's awesome. So, Ashes, I know you have a lot of stuff that you want to say about this. What – what is it about Ralph that just makes you just so happy? Well, first of all, he's a pop sensation. He is. Um, but no, seriously, when he's uh, casted, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, that episode when they don't realize that they're doing propaganda for the military. <laughs> the party um, posse. Yeah, the party yeah, posse. No, I just 
can't believe I get to meet Millhouse. I'm wearing um, a bathrobe and I'm not even <laughs> sick. You know, like he kind of shows that uh, kind of tying in with that theory that Ralph is a lot smarter than he leads on. He's also a lot more uh, talented than he leads on as well. And it kind of comes through in certain episodes. And that's like loading one. missiles. Yeah. Hot music is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, uh, Ralph Wiggum is. He's innocent. I think that he's definitely the most innocent character out of all of the characters on The Simpsons. And there's something so simple about him and so lovable that uh, not only is is he just is he is he funny, but there's such an endearing quality about him that you just can't help but love. And there are certain episodes where, you know, Ralph gets bullied or he gets teased a little bit, not too much, but a little bit, um, where you just really feel for him. And, like, my heart breaks for him sometimes. But at the same time, like, sometimes he's so oblivious to certain things. Like, he's just happy in his own little world. And I love that. As long as he doesn't go in the deep end in the sandbox. That's right. (laughs) I I really, when you said that he's the most innocent character, that made me, it it kind of led my mind to the episode. I I haven't seen it recently, so I'm not going to have vivid memories of it. But I know there's an episode where I want to say everybody was picking on Ralph and Marge makes Bart hang out with Ralph for the day. This little wiggy. Yeah, yeah, that's the one you referenced earlier. That's right, totally. Uh, So... That's the episode that I think demonstrates that really – I think that's a really good point about him being innocent. And I think that episode demonstrates that so well. And Bart has always been one of my favorite characters. He was my idol when I was a kid. And I love how Bart operates in this moral gray area. So when you put him into – the situation where he's the biggest influencer on Ralph for the moment, it's Bart's not really that bad. I mean, he does bad things sometimes, but he's not as bad as some of the other bullies seem to be. But he's definitely not all good either. So he's kind of an embodiment of like the angel and the devil at the same time. And it's really fun to see that when you put that next to somebody like Ralph, who is, to your point, completely innocent, and see how those two react off of each other, because it makes Bart a little bit more predatory in his tactics at some points, but it also makes him, throughout the episode, I remember, you know, he'll start to feel sorry for Ralph, and it almost makes Bart discover himself more than anything. I think uh, the way I would describe Bart uh, is chaotic neutral. Yeah, yes, definitely. Very much so. He's not good. He's not bad. Like, he does things for the sake of doing them, and then, you know, he does have empathy for the consequences, like we see in this episode. And uh, th- I think this specific episode illustrates so much of who Ralph is as a character. Like, he's funny, but it also ties into, like, what you guys were saying about his critical thinking skills. Like, you know, the bullies take, you know, they're like, oh, what are you doing with this baby? And he's like, I'm not a baby. You know, like, why would you why would you call me that? Like, I'm clearly, you know, I'm not a, an adult, but I'm clearly not a baby. But he's not I'm your age, dude. Yeah, don't right. be a jackass. <laughs> and then they take the the master key and they throw it into the the prison. You know, they and he's got to go in, and Ralph shows how brave he is. Like, you know, I have to get Daddy's key. I can't go home without it. Smells like hot dogs. Yeah, he's gonna smell like <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> and then we see at the end of the episode that like we have to get a message there, but you know there's you know what what can we do? 
you know, we need to think. And he's like, Lisa's a good thinker. You know, and, and that yeah, you're right. That's critical. Uh, he doesn't have necessarily the means to solve the problem, but he's he leads got you enough to the knowledge answer. to get to the answer. Yeah, exactly. He, he teaches you to think to get that way, and you know, it is just a cartoon show. But there's lots of times Bart will do a similar thing after that episode, maybe before it too. But yeah, it's that whole episode. Episode is great because you get a redemption. Going back to what Miles said for both Ralph and Bart, where Bart is the devil for a little while in that one, but he gets the redeeming part where he sees the good qualities in Ralph and, and Ralph is brave when no one else will go in there to get the key. And the, the thought of him getting in trouble outweighs the dangers of walking in there and you get that brave moment. And, uh, it's, it's something else that we wanted to bring up too, is when we had Carolyn Omine on, uh, on our two episodes in a row, she brought up the aspect that a lot of times in the writer's room, she's one of the, she's won four Emmys writing for the Simpsons that one of the things they talk about is that, Ralph is very much like a living haiku. It's almost like he speaks in haiku, almost. That's an interesting take. So it, it's it completely changes how you view Ralph, and and even the, going back to I Love Lisa as well. You've got that innocence through the entire thing up until Lisa screams at him, and then you have that that somberness up until he goes up to play George Washington, and he's so commanding at that point where it's just like you know he knows a little bit what he's doing or he processes feelings in a very deep thinking way without expressing them with words a lot of the time. And he's almost like there's a, oh, go ahead. I was going to say he, he draws upon his pain to be a better actor because the first thing, and I don't recommend if you're doing a fourth grade play, a second grade play, uh, having an actual fire on the set, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, he throws the Valentine into the fire Yep, and then goes out and gives this amazing performance. So it's like he's showing that he can he can draw on his experience. It's almost like he's um, he's like a high functioning idiot savant, where it's like he may not be able to articulate everything that he that's going on in his head, but you know he's somehow able to convey different things. Like if you find a medium that you know really speaks to him, that he can kind of wrap his head around. Like, he excels at it. Like, as opposed to being dumb, he's more likely just somewhere on the spectrum. Yes. Yeah, I would I would say Ralph definitely seems... Like, yeah, he's... A lot of times he's comedic relief, and he's... he's uh, You know, he says something like, I can't believe I used to go out with you! You know, you know stuff like that, you know? And <laughs> sometimes, like, he... he The way he expresses himself, like, he doesn't quite understand... Well, again, he can't convey, um, you know, what he's feeling and what he's thinking because, you know, he's so complex inside. But his ability to articulate these feelings and thoughts and, and emotions, you know, come out in these weird little sound bites like, you know, you know, skipping along, carrying his diorama and he falls down. Oh, I bent my Wookiee. My Wookiee. Uh, his first place <laughs> diorama. Let's be clear there. Oh, I'm sorry, because he beat the smart kids. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh. I, love, I know we're talking about Ralph, but I love fucking Principal Skinner during that scene. Oh, my God. Is that the figures in my childhood? And they're all here. Even Chewbacca. He was my favorite. Yeah. So we could say he critically thank, was thinking about who the judge would be and pandered to his audience. What's a diorama? That was just a straight-up bribe. <laughs> yeah. And Skinner didn't even get to take him. No. What do you think? I think it's lunchtime. We have a winner. <laughs> but, yeah, it's – you know, he's – he may be the most complex, like, maybe not the most complex, but he's 
up there with Homer. Like, as far as, like, there's so many different layers and levels to his character. Because he's one of those, like, he doesn't understand and he's so nice and he's so friendly. Like, like Ash is what you were saying, where he's so innocent and... You know, that's why we see him carried away by a wolf. You know, you smell like dead bunnies. Because yeah. <laughs> he's just, and he doesn't. But he lived through that. He survived that. Or or his, uh, <laughs> when he gets zapped by the uh, the goddamn uh, jellyfish. And he's like, I'm going to Africa. <laughs> just floating away. He knows his geography. Yeah, I mean, he has a pretty good Actually, idea. another interesting point, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you could even make the argument that just the fact that he's confident and willing enough to get up in front of a class and present a book report or project or all the times, the various times we see him say these ridiculous things, maybe he has a higher level comedic mind like someone like an Andy Kaufman who who knew exactly what he was doing, and he's... He's just an entertainer. He's just a, a really abstract. He's a Russian spy. Let's be honest. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's giving you something that's so like outside of the box that like you're not sure how to react to it, and you're not sure how to react to him. Like you know, like what you were saying with Andy Kaufman, like his first Saturday Night Live appearance where he was you know lip syncing to the Mighty Mouse theme song, but only certain <laughs> Here parts. Here we of are it. to save the day. Yeah, like. No one had ever seen anything like that, and I think that's how Ralph is. Like, you know, when he's, uh, you know, like he's getting into the swing of things, like with the Model UN Club, you know, go banana! <laughs> like, he wants to be a part of things, but all that was left was, like, bananas in a sandwich. Like, what's he going to do? Well, no sandwich! Or, or, he's bringing, or he's bringing a different perspective to that situation, and he's thinking, like you said, a little outside the box, where a banana... Doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily fit into this situation, but what if it could? Yeah, and even as like they're all dying, he's like, "Go banana!" Yeah, or, <laughs> or just maybe it's the only choice he had. The banana, he it was a fruit race, and he could either participate with his banana or sit out. So hey, he just wanted to be involved with the other kids. Or he was just trying to show how stupid and pointless that was. You're having fruit races, really? Oh, Here, nice. go banana. Yeah. You know, like kind of like a, a satirical. And that's what I, I feel like some of his responses, like if you if you think of it one way, yeah, sure, it's funny, it's hilarious, it's stupid. You know, he's, he's, he's stupid, whatever. Um, but if you think about it in a, a different context, um, some of his responses can be taken as kind of satirical. And, you know, kind of making fun of, of situations mm-hmm. and, um, again, kind of going back into maybe he's funnier than we all realize. Maybe he's smarter than we all realize. And he just kind of has this nice, you know, facade going that, you know, kind of creates this comfort zone for him so he can just kind of go through life because he sees, you know, um, I mean, in I said before, like Ralph gets bullied, but he doesn't get bullied as much as some of the other kids. Yeah, nobody ever like you know punches the hell no out of him like really Bart. picks on on Ralph. You know he's not one of the smart kids, and um, you know he's not like one of the he's not a main character, so he's not in the forefront. But like he's almost like he does just enough to kind of get through life. Well, it's like comfortably, the- but he sees like every, you know like um, and I know we're gonna touch base on this next week, so I don't want to go into it too too much. Um, but you know like Lisa's really smart. And she's miserable, for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Um, maybe he sees that and decides that, you know what, I'm just going to stay in my little comfort bubble and be happy. Well, it's like the uh, the Calvin and Hobbes cartoon where, you know, he's he's uh, Calvin's comparing his grades with Susie and he's like, oh, how'd you do on that test? She's like, oh, I got an A. He's like, I'd hate to be you. I got a C. She's like, why would you rather have a C than an A? And he says, I find my life is a lot easier the lower I keep everyone's expectations. So, you know... Ralph is in that in that same type of category, you know, like. Well, and not only that, if you think about it, this kind of. I'm sorry, I don't mean no, to burst no, no. out like this. Um, Ralph is an only child. How dare you? I know, right? Oh, what show do I, I think I'm on? That. I know, right? <laughs> um, we don't have ADD here. What the hell? Um, Ralph is I hope an this only. Is t- another interesting <laughs> Ralph point right there. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph is an only child. Technically, you know, and I'm just I'm just speaking from um, my sister and I. There's a a large age gap between the two of us. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, um, I was both only children. Another very Ralph thing to say. <laughs> I'm an only child. My sister's one too. Um, but but no, like so, I was an only child for a while, and you know, uh, coming from that kind of experience, my parents had um, certain expectations. You know, so if you keep their expectation level low, they're not going to expect great things from you. Thus, you know, kind of being keeping you in your little happy bubble. Yeah, but then you have to wear the rubber pants until you learn. Yeah, but you know, (laughs) but look how happy he is playing Wiggle Puppy. Just as long as you don't touch a special area. (laughs) No, nowhere in the no-no zone. (laughs) (laughs) He could be lowering expectations, but it, again, it's just he always – I like the banana aspect of it because it always seems like he approaches the problems from a different angle. Even like – I mean even the whole knob thing where they're like turn the knob to the left if you like it and to the right if you hate it. And he's like my knob tastes funny. <laughs> he went outside the rules. The knob. <laughs> he went outside the rules and tried something that no one is talking about or doing. And even with like the whole – everyone loves the, the leprechaun tells me to burn things. Well, he's related to the police officer who is a form of structure and order in the city, and we're literally being told to burn things down. And it's kind of like you could even stretch it out to where he burned the system and let's fix everything. I mean he, he gets out there. You can, you can stretch a lot of his statements out there pretty far. I mean he does, so he does become a talented musician. I mean, he's able to play the guitar. You know, we see that in the the you know when uh, Homer ruins Homer ruins uh, Lisa's wedding. Which, <laughs> on a side note, like you know, Homer's talking about. I forget what episode it is. He goes, "Oh, this isn't the worst thing I've done. What about ruining Lisa's wedding in the future? Don't you remember that?" <laughs> like, that's one of the best references of all time in that in that show, and that's saying something. But. That's a pretty bold statement, sir. I mean, I, I'm not not arguing with you. No, but that's just. I mean, that's a, an extremely bold statement. Well, I mean, well, that's the second instance of Ralph playing guitar in the future too, because him and Bart have a band. That's yeah, right. It says "Smell You Later Forever." So, everyone's talented at, at musical instruments in the show, and it kind of pushes Lisa off the edge because Bart well, even except, gets great at the drums at one point. Yeah. Except when Ralph <laughs> plays the flute with his nose. That's I don't know. Nice I, I guess. Boy. Can you do that? <laughs> I might have. <laughs> the two students that clearly had no help from their parents. <laughs> Florida. 
<laughs> yeah, that was another. Even... You know, that's another pairing of Lisa and Ralph. We haven't gotten to that one yet, but it's interesting how uh, those two get paired together. I would be curious to think of other episodes that they they do the same thing because they're they're really interesting characters to compare and contrast again with Lisa being. Uh, kind of a miserable but just very intelligent person, and Ralph seeming to be one of the happiest people in Springfield. How about um, the episode where they're trying to figure out the um, the professor whatever picto puzzle, and it's all <laughs> the numbers that are just mirrored, and everyone figures it out except Lisa, and everyone's giving Lisa a hard time. She's the Ralph, except Ralph. <laughs> yeah, like when they're all rolling down. You also the hill. got it, by the way. Yes. Like she's like, do you do you want help? No, but you're suffering. <laughs> but he was the only one who didn't make fun of her, if you remember, because she's the only one who's ever really shown him true kindness. Because you know they're all rolling down the hill, and everyone's like, "Oh, you sure this isn't too college for you?" Mm-hmm. And Ralph just kind of looks at her and then just rolls down the hill without saying anything. And that's one of the things we love about – like we've been the first to admit that we're not always – or at least our memories of the Lisa episodes aren't always our favorite. Though We're often surprised by how, how layered those episodes are too. But regardless, we do really like the fact with her that it it keeps her a little girl. The show doesn't ever let her not be eight years old. She's very, very intelligent. She's extremely well-spoken, and she's – probably the smartest person in Springfield, but she's still eight years old and the show never lets her get too far away from that. And that's, uh, I think that's very important to that relationship too. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, and that's the thing, like a lot of times these characters, they kind of have to react to the environment that, you know, they're, they spend the most time. And Ralph is a is a kid who, you know, he's largely ignored by the bullies. It's not like, you know, like what, what Ashes was saying. You know, it's not like with uh, Bart and Milhouse when they're trying to figure out, like, what their ranking is. And it's like, what are we, a three? It's like three and a half. We get beat up, but we get an explanation why. Like, <laughs> Ralph is lower on this because, like, you know, like she was saying, like he doesn't really ever get bullied. The only time we really see because he him... doesn't respond to it. That's well, the thing. He doesn't acknowledge that it's really happening. He so... doesn't give the reaction that the bullies create. Yeah, if you ignore him, they go away. Right. Like it, Martin would be the example of probably the person that gets picked oh! on the most by the bullies, and he always gives ridiculous reactions. Weren't so we the bullies are always going to come back for more. <laughs> and and Millhouse and Bart, and really the the worst bullying we see of. Uh, of Ralph is from the episode, uh, the this little wiggy episode, because yeah. he's with Bart, and you know. The well, bullies... there's even a scene I think where Bart pushes him like into the bushes or behind the hedges or something like that to so keep the bullies, the bullies see from him. seeing him, and they kind of make fun of Bart, but they just move on. They don't they don't stop and and you know harass him. But hey guys, throughout the hot episode, enough for you? yeah, shut yeah. up. <laughs> Shut but, up, loser. But that's the thing. Like, he didn't want to be seen with Ralph, not because he was afraid they were going to make fun of Ralph, but because they were going to make fun of him. Of him. Right. It would have lowered his, his – they would have had a reason to pick on Bart in the moment, whereas they really didn't at that point. He just point. went from a 3.5 to a 3. Right. And that's it. Butchers are nice because they don't have prickers. This one did. <laughs> Except for Ow. this one. Ow. <laughs> 
But yeah, like again, I know we keep we keep referencing the same episode, but again, I think this one is the one that shows really good fucking episode. Yeah, I mean, that's, it, there's a reason we keep going back to it. It shows like the most growth, and see, that's you know kind of what we were talking about earlier, where there are so many characters. There's hundreds of characters on the show, you know, and they even tried like with the the 22 short films about Springfield to kind of give everybody like a little something. But I love that episode. We we both talk about uh, oh, yeah. being very excited to review that one. It's poor Professor Frank. Monkey stole the glasses right <laughs> off his head. Uh, and poor Nelson having to walk oh no. all the way home. Hey, everybody, it's down. that boy that laughs at everyone. Let's <laughs> laugh at him. Do you find something comical about my appearance? <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was really good, dude. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it's there. you see all these different characters. Like, Professor Frank, maybe he could carry an episode by himself. But I doubt it. Yeah, it'd be a str- that, maybe a Halloween. That's not his purpose, episode, really. Like that. a short, right? Like the you know the Halloween episode with Jerry Lewis, like yeah, his father. yeah, the like, Nutty professor, professor, yeah, yeah. Like that was a good one. Um, but I think like that's about the limit of what he can do. Um, I mean, he can be featured in an episode, like with the uh, the little Vicky episode, you know, where they yeah. keep going back to him. Um, but well, I. Mean, there's one we did recently where he makes some sort of like remote control helicopter, and I think I can't remember what care. It was some animal episode, and he, the animal ends up flying out in the the hell or the airplane at the end of the episode. I think oh, it was like a hamster. That. He will perfect that in Lemon of Troy. He'll have That's that true. down. Or the uh, or when he had the baby in the hel- in the airplane. My yeah. wife is going to kill me. Kill me. <laughs> but I mean, there are so few ancillary characters <laughs> that can carry an episode. I mean. Obviously, the guys, you know, like even Lenny and Carl, I don't think could carry a full episode. And Homer spends so much time with them. No, the closest thing you're going to get to something like that would be like Stonecutters. And they're heavily featured in well, that the, episode. But they're not the episode where anything. Carl becomes the new Burns. And oh, Homer that's Homer has, assist- has to be his assistant. That's probably the heaviest you're going to see yeah. those guys featured. But, I mean, you could you – could, like Ralph could, if I were to pick anybody, I I would take Ralph as a spinoff show. Like I think you could you could carry Ralph as in a spinoff show because I think he would get into all kinds of different. I mean, and they sort of did that with the uh, the the 138th episode spectacular where they had all the the different Simpson spinoffs and it was yeah, the, it was yeah. in the Big Easy. Uh, that's that's probably my favorite spinoff one too. <laughs> He's very gradually getting away. Oh. <laughs> he stole the governor's mansion. Like that's <laughs> see that's the stuff that I love about this show is there's so many like random like stuff that like shouldn't happen like when Bart gets busted for shoplifting and it's like oh sure today he's just a little boy stealing little toys tomorrow you know tomorrow he'll be a grown man stealing stadiums and quarries (laughs) hey that was sonic the hedgehog's fault yeah take it take it take Take it take it i just can't believe how over they got that lee carvello's joke like that's still a meme on the internet to this day (laughs) the putting challenge you do you want to play again you have selected no No. (laughs) i recommend putter three wood might I suggest you sure? Feather Touch? You have selected Power Drive. Lie. Parking lot. Would you like to Marge play did again? her best in that, okay? 
And again, that one's got a really sweet resolution and is a is a great Christmas episode. It's one of oh, my yes. go tos each year. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you know you can pretty much pick out any of these episodes and you know find something you know captivating about it. But yeah, back to back to Ralph because it's so yeah. Easy. Sorry, it's, it's, we're, we're derailing this. Oh no no you <laughs> no this is how this usually is. I actually. Um, Miles, I actually compared you to uh, our, our good friend here, Johnny Wolfenstein, because oh, it's, I feel honored, uh, dude. I seriously, I can't get over how badass of a name that guy has. I mean, Wolfenstein <laughs> is the shit, man. Like the game is cool, the name is cool, the animals cool. But there's just it's a, a totally great direction to go. Well, I compared you because you know, especially listening to the uh, the uh, the Rassel Nerds episodes. You are the one who is like, you're like trying to uh, uh, wrangle a tornado, like uh, Picos Bill. You know, you're trying to keep everybody on track, but there's like so many people going in so many different directions. And that's kind of what Wolfie does on his show, uh, Trick or Treat Radio, which if you haven't checked that out, it's fucking awesome. Uh, And they go, they do that live every Wednesday. And he's got, uh, imagine Wolfie is the monorail conductor and his three co-hosts are the uh, possums. Uh, yeah, the, are the possums. <laughs> I call hissing, the big one bitey. Hissing at you'll you. have to you'll have to ask him if he uh, uses the same preparation method I do because what I do about an hour before every podcast, I just get a box of kittens and I let them run wild and I just try to herd them around for about forty five minutes to an hour and I find that that gets me in the right mindset to keep our show on track. Wolfie, is that uh, something similar to what you do? Mm, not exactly. <laughs> I, I think. I think. Uh, Give it a try, brother. It'll it'll change your life. <laughs> I think uh, rated R kittens. Maybe if there's something that's a little bit uh, worse. <laughs> he tries to. It's more like uh, he tries to wrangle like a, a box full of uh, liquor bottles, and uh, that kind of helps him prepare. With like lasers. Now that sounds like the cat's meow right there. <laughs> there <you go>. Nice. <laughs> so. I think we've uh, we've done a pretty good job of covering Ralph because um, there, there's so much more we could do. We could have like a four hour show on Ralph, but you know we we've we got gotta, time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we still have another show but... we got to do. Um, so I think what we're going to do is we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll uh, wrap things up a little bit. We'll give a, a preview for next week, and uh, I think that'll be. Oh, we do have a. Can, can we tease a question before your break? Oh, we can. Well, I, I would like to hear everyone's all-time favorite Ralph quote when we come back. Oh, oh. that's that's, uh, that's good. Oh, that's, that's a good one. And we have. Uh, I almost forgot. I've been I've been so excited about this for the last couple of days. You guys uh, chose a good show to be on because we have a major announcement Woo-hoo! coming up in this in the uh, end of this episode. So. Stay tuned, folks, and uh, we will be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death 
taxes, and trick-or-treat radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This uh, podcast is now banned in Germany. It's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey short. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, okay. right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TrickOrTreatRadio.com. Arrivederci. Deuce bad Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday podcast. Hello, this is the Sasquatch, aka Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank, and when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunches.com. listening to right now is uh, our good buddy no man and his uh cover of sympathy for the devil uh which is available on uh youtube and uh other places i'm sure i have to get the exact link yeah we'll can. we'll post links on the facebook page kids uh we actually uh not just us but uh, several folks recorded a little little something something to uh play we, in the background is it we got to do the woo woos Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> so we are we are back now. We're back. We've still got Miles and Richie. Miles, Richie, you guys are still here, right? I am waving my lighter back and forth like I just don't care right now. Excellent. Absolutely. So we uh, we have to come up. What's our, our favorite Ralph quotes? Yeah, Richie's a bastard. He just knows I'm really, really, like, terrible, and, like, it kills my brain to rank things, so... You just gotta decide I'm gonna go with it. If, if you guys want, I can I can take the lead on this one. All right, you, you go want. You go first. Dibs on I last. Have... <laughs> <laughs> I want to go first so that if you, any of you have the same one, I look like the smart guy for saying it first. Fair. All right, go ahead. All right. From the episode Tamako, it's definitely <laughs> when Ralph bites into that and says... This tastes like grandma. And then Chief Wiggum grabs it and goes, It does. It does, <laughs> it does taste like grandma. But we'll take a it, whole bushel or a bucket or whatever they come in. Just, just, just I will say a runner-up is the, uh, is the um, my cat's breath smells like cat food. But it, more on that one because my friend in, in uh, AP physics cl- or AP calculus class in high school didn't know the answer to a test and wrote, My cat's breath smells like cat food. And the teacher literally wrote on there, This is unnecessary. Partial credit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's wrong. You credit. didn't show your work. 
<laughs> but I laughed for days after reading that response on there. That's fantastic. All right, I'm going to go next. I'll give you guys a little bit of time. I am going to go with the line from Lisa the Vegetarian when Bart, pro- I mean, uh, Ralph proclaims, I'm going to Bovine University. <laughs> <laughs> Which, let's be honest, aren't we all getting fed like cattle under the university program? That's true. That's He's true. being a critical thinker. Yep. Uh, ashes? Oh. So I, I think I'm going to go with, I, I guess it could be considered low-hanging fruit um, because uh, this episode kind of has a little bit of sentimental value. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know which one you're talking about. And I'm referring to the I Love Lisa episode when Lisa sees that Ralph has no Valentines and she gives him the Valentine to yep. end all Valentines. <laughs> and it says, I choo choo choose you. And there's a picture, there's of, a a picture train of a train on, train it. on it. You choo choo choose me? So do you like <laughs> stuff? It's pretty much everything <laughs> Ralph says in that episode is just gold. I have to. I Let's have to. Let's uh, be friends. I have to. Uh, give you guys a little bit of insight on that. Um, she gave me that card on our first anniversary. Aww. And it is framed in our living room <laughs> with a couple of other things. Uh, That's adorbs. Good yeah. for you guys. And then a few years after when they came out with the um, Simpsons Legos and stuff, I found that I found out that the <laughs> Ralph Wiggum Lego dude actually comes with the Valentine. Yep. The oh, choo choo wow. choose you Valentine. So of course I had to get that for him yep. as as a, a gift. So it's a um it's been a running gag for well over eight years now. Yep. <laughs> and, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's you choo choo choose me. And there's a picture of a train. <laughs> yeah, great great gag. All right, honest, that whole, that whole thing makes me want to Ralph. All right, Miles, we've stalled for you long enough. What do you got? <laughs> you guys mind if I had one? Oh, I yeah. Yeah, yeah, Wolfie, yeah, go Wolfie. ahead, Wolfie. Go well, ahead. I, have, I have several, but I think probably one of the most ridiculous ones is when Ralph sees Mrs. Krabappel and Principal Skinner in the closet. <laughs> oh, my God, that's my <laughs> second one. <laughs> and he says... Uh, he says that he says uh, that he saw them in the closet making babies, and I saw one of the babies, and the baby looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> that is Sarah, call one. the superintendent. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's a great one. I didn't even think of that one. All right, Miles, what do you got, buddy? I've got like a short list of five or six to choose from. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I'm going to go ahead and stick with uh, as hard as it is to just pick one. I love when we see, I think it's Ralph turns and says, hi, Principal Skinner. Hi, Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> I saw you guys retweeted that picture the other day. <laughs> yeah, the the one of the Super Nintendo that was decaled to look like Chalmers is yes. fucking brilliant. I, I would love to have one of those. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong with a Coleco. <laughs> so we uh, we have a couple of voicemails from uh, our listeners. Uh, we have one from our buddy Justin, who was on for the Booster Gold episode. And we have another one from First Time Mike. So can we do the uh, Justin one first, please, uh, Wolfie? Throwdown, this is Justin calling from Amalgamania. I wanted to call in because I heard you were talking about Ralph Wiggum. I love Ralph Wiggum. I'm Idaho. My cat's breath <laughs> smells like cat food. It tastes like... 
burning. Ralph was a great character. I feel like he was really his best between seasons three and, I don't know, maybe like season 11. You don't see much of Ralph anymore. It seems like they've really used him or possibly overused him to his full potential. And there's really not much. You know, um, I mean, besides the whole wiggle puppy thing, you know, which was uh, when he was friends with Bart and, you know, go ahead, guys, get yourself some riot gear. You know, uh, it was fun. <laughs> but, uh, guys, enjoy talking about Ralph. Have a great show. Well, thank you, Justin. Thank you. See, again, my little wig, uh, this little wiggy keeps getting brought up because that's probably the key episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we can stretch on, on the idea that he brought up that during that particular time frame, that gimmick, I guess you could say, if Ralph is a gimmick, which he's not, but to paraphrase, the gimmick gets used a lot. And we've talked with a couple different Simpsons writers on our show, that's and it true. seems like certain writers at certain stages have a fancy for certain characters, like the sea captain, the first time he appears, he appears in like four, five, six episodes straight, and it's like they fall in love with certain people for a length of time, and they'll keep using it over and over. Or even in season four, the internal monologues that Homer would have where his brain would tell him to do something, and he would completely disregard what it said. They like the gimmick so much, and they'll keep using it for, for a short, brief amount of time. And you could stretch that out, that theory out into Ralph, I believe. You don't want to overdo it too much, but it works for a while. That's right, like killing off uh, Hans Moleman repeatedly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, or, or he's one of my favorite characters. Or you know, all the all the times we've seen Gil being you know poor and destitute. You know, oh, my That's hot nice. plate! <laughs> Only had two payments left. <laughs> <laughs> Who finances a hot plate? <laughs> I want to know what the monthlies are on those. I know. Like, it's, I just feel bad about Gil because I feel like it's their like way of replacing Phil Hartman in yeah, a way, and it's it really is. it's really tough. That was one of the most devastating things that that show ever went through, or any yeah. show, to be honest, or with any or the world. Yeah, uh, that might be a little strong. but no, he, Phil is a, a huge loss to everything he was a part of, and just uh, such a tragic story. If you you learn what happened there, I mean, it's a really really terrible terrible thing that went down there in the uh i believe late 90s and we lost a icon in the comedy business i agree uh so we got one more and this has got a, a nice little uh thanksgiving message i believe from uh our good buddy first time mike canadian or u.s uh I think U.S. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's from Milwaukee. The d- dates are different. You just got you know, to know what we're dealing with. <laughs> What's up, Throwdown Thursday podcast? This is first time Mike. How are y'all doing? Ooh, all right. Uh, as always, I've been listening to you guys, and every episode is a great episode. Sorry, I've been lax in my uh, commenting on uh, the episodes. Uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit about Ralphie because I consider Ralphie probably one of the few innocent beings in Springfield. There we hey, go. Uh, all like yeah. his little uh, witticisms aside, I mean, I I love Ralphie. Uh, Super Nintendo Chalmers or <laughs> Sleep—that's where I get to be a Viking. Yes, yeah. All just a, a little little <laughs> Ralphie asides. Uh, He's he, Ralphie's almost guileless. It's he just goes, he deals with life. I mean, Ralphie's happy eating glue and uh, <laughs> you know eating the the worm, worm at uh, mouth when he's supposed to be uh, looking at it for a science class. So I just adore I adore the little kid. I mean, and it, it, his family relationship. I mean, they truly love each other. Uh, Chief Wiggum's uh, not that smart either, but uh, 
father like son, but there's just the innocence to Ralphie. I think is is something kind of uh, fun in the Simpsons uh, Simpsons universe. Uh, also, at this time, would like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, all seriousness, uh, all joking aside, sorry. Uh, this is a time of the year. I mean, with everything going on, pull your loved ones close. You know, be thankful for uh, what you have. Not envious of what 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 could be, and uh, you know, work for what could be. But on Thanksgiving, you know, just generally reflect on what you know you have. Uh, remember, family isn't blood. I can I speak from experience with this. Family is made up of, you know, the true people in your life, the ones that are, are through you through thick and thin. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. This is your friend, first time Mike from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, singing in my car as I record this, uh, wishing you all a good day and again happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Well, thank what you, first time Mike. Heart, dude. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut in on you there, no, no, but that no. guy's uh, just incredibly nice. First time Mike's That's, a good. It's dude. like broke your heart every time you said Ralphie. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> And also, I couldn't stop thinking about him dressed up in a little pink rabbit suit for some Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He'll shoot your eye out, kid. Um, well, he does dress himself. I dress That's myself. True. I can't believe nobody... We didn't bring up, oh boy, sleep. That's where I'm a Viking. I couldn't believe yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We kind of failed on that one. But good job first time, it's, Mike. You saved us. All right, so before we, we bring this episode to a close... Um, now, you gentlemen are going to join us for next well, week's episode. we have a couple of things. First of all, we have to talk about the battle from last week. Oh, I forgot about the battle. Yeah, this is why What's I take notes. What's a battle? Yeah. <laughs> so, last week, we threw down our Halloween hullabaloo. We had Lock, Shock, and Barrel versus Sam from Trick or Treat, and... In a devastating upset, Lock, Shock, and Barrel won. And I'm a little, I'm, I'm, I'm the one devastated by this. I really thought that people were going to go with Sam, the spirit too. of Halloween, over Lock, Sam. Shock, yeah, and I, Barrel. I, I like, yeah, yeah. So, see, well, you guys, so you, you guys, guys all let me down. So, thank you, listeners. No, I'm just kidding. I love you all. Um, but yeah, so Lock, Lock, Shock, and Barrel. <laughs> That's a, they're the, they're the winners, which I mean I do enjoy. Like they're yeah, probably no, I mean, of one of my favorite parts of the Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, the kidnap the Sandy Claus song is probably one of my favorite songs from. That it's film. not the spirit of Halloween. Well, no. exa- yeah, exactly. See, you guys should have been in the in the Facebook group, and you could have voted and maybe swung the tide a little bit. It's I would have gone the other no, way just with kidding. it. Oh. <laughs> so I would have stayed I exactly gone with listeners on that one. And Facebook is not my forte. I'm actually, I know I'm supposed to be, but I, that's one of the places I am not. No, no, no. Best Darn Diddly does have a page, but uh, that I'll be, full disclosure, a friend of ours and kind of Richie sometimes operate it more often <laughs> than not. That's fair. But, uh, yeah, so we, you guys, uh, you, you're going to be with us next week when we're, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the super-powered Simpsons because this is something that, that's a, a bit of a fan theory that I kind of buy into. But I know uh, you guys have your magical Maggie and, uh, Richie, you've got your unbreakable Homer theory that I really like to delve into. So, What about the Bart one? 
Which part? No one cares about Beastmaster Bart because it's Bart? not oh, a real Beastmaster thing. Bart. All the animal centric episodes are about Bart. This is going to turn into a debate about Beastmaster Bart. So as long as you, uh, we'll be with you until you decide you've had enough and kick us off your show. <laughs> All right. Well, that that could take some doing, but uh, I did want to make a quick announcement uh, for the first time uh, in our in our history. We are going to be running a charity contest. Uh, basically, what we're doing is we want people to donate to charities it doesn't matter which charities uh we do have a couple in mind um based on my experience at rhode island comic-con this weekend uh interviewing a couple of different charity groups i would like to uh if you you know if you want to do this it's fine if you have a specific charity that you prefer that's fine uh donate to the following you know whatever charity send us a picture and for every donation you make, doesn't matter how big, every donation you make, you will be entered to win a prize. Okay, so this is, we are calling it, our first annual throwdown for charity. So what we want you cats and kittens out there to do is go out and spread the love this season donate to charities do toys for tots and then take a picture of it take a picture of you donating donating a toy take a picture of your receipt take a picture of you know you donating to a uh gofundme for uh people in need um whatever it's it's the the opportunities are endless but take a picture and and post it on our facebook page or, or post it um you know send it to us on uh, our twitter handles at at Patrick, Patrick Ray Hall, at Miss Von Nightmare, at Nick Tompkins. Um, you know, or you can send it to us via email at the Throwdown Thursday Podcast at gmail dot com. There's no the at the beginning. Wait, can okay, I? Can I? Oh, I'm sorry. Correct yourself. Then I have a question. Yeah, it's just Throwdown Thursday Podcast at gmail dot com. Awesome. I just want to make sure I got this straight. So, but I, I can go out there and I can do an act that's going to make me feel better as a human being, and then. If I just send you a picture of that, you're going to put me in a, a contest where I might win a prize? Yes. Yes. That is charity's a group amazing. that we follow and not a person, right? Yeah, that's not like your stripper's name or anything. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 Not that kind of charity. Although, when you were like, take you know, pictures, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, they usually don't allow that. So <laughs> we'll get into some of the prizes uh, a little bit more next week. But uh, let's just say... Some of the celebrities that we interacted with at, uh, I was going to say Rock and Shock because I'm so used to that, at Rhode Island Comic Con were very generous and donated some really cool autographed items. So, you know, just bear in mind, we'll also have some mystery Ooh. prizes, and uh, this is open to anybody who listens. So we want we want people to donate things and donate their time, you know, volunteer, whatever you need to do. Um, whatever you can do, and uh, send us the proof. Yeah, send us a picture. We'll give you a number, and then on. So what? This is going to start on December first. So before then, we are going to give you all of the details you could ever, ever possibly want about uh, the first annual Throwdown for Charity event. Uh, we'll have the prizes in place by then. We're working out some really awesome stuff, you guys. Like, really awesome. Like, to the point where, uh, like, I'm even going to donate to charities because I want some of this stuff. And it's I've, so freaking cool. I've tried um, to be... I've, I've contacted some other places to see if they can get... If we can get some, some higher-end donations like Sony 
and ultrasabers.com. So I'm hoping to hear back from these folks because, like, those are some great prizes. So starting December 1st, send us your pictures. And uh, on December 26th, live in studio, we are going to pull... We're gonna we're gonna go on we're gonna go on Facebook Live yeah. and we're gonna do uh, if Wolfie doesn't mind pulling up his uh, uh, random number generator to help draw some of these names so you know it's fair. Uh, we're gonna do that. No, you don't have to wait till December first to start getting your charitable accent. You can start you know as soon as you hear this and you know take pictures and you could have you know ten entries by the time it's it's time to start up. So the more you enter, the more chances you have to win. Um, so yeah, like I said, we'll we'll announce some of the uh, some of the prizes next week. I'm gonna go buy a package of Army Men and then take pictures of me of donating each one individually to different Toys for Tots bins. Does that does that work? <laughs> I mean, that technically would fall into the rules. I mean, I would be, I would hope you'd be a little more generous than that. But, uh... All right, fine. I'll go to Walmart instead of the dollar store. All right, that's fair. <laughs> But uh, if Miles can do it, anyone else can do it. So make sure you're all good neighborinos. <laughs> That's right. So I think uh, with that being said, I want to thank you guys for uh, embiggening our podcast. No, oh, uh, thanks for having us, man. This was awesome. We l- obviously love The Simpsons and we love talking with cool people about The Simpsons. And uh, you guys made some excellent points that I think that we're going to bring to our podcast when we excellent. encounter some of these uh, Ralph episodes in the future. Excellent. Um, so I think with that being excellent. said... Do you mean excellent or excellent? Excellent. Excellent. Exactly. <laughs> All right, that's it. On that note, we need to go start a quartet. All right. All right, so I think uh, that's about going to do it, and uh, we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday. I'm going to Africa. Yes, ma'am, I'm a brick was President Lincoln. There's a dog in the van Chicken necks, I pick and Griffey Jr. I fell out two times Special area